A little while back, I sat in the front row at our church and watched as a handful of people stood next to our pastor and were received into membership. Now, received into membership is a very churchy phrase. In plain language, these men and women were agreeing to certain things that our pastor read and in so doing, they became official members of the church. I felt lots of big emotions over the entire thing. And that's what I'm going to talk about a bit in today's episode. My husband, Nathan, joins me, as do my friends, Amanda and Melissa Ann. We're going to talk about all things church membership and what it's like to think through the idea of officially signing on with a new church after going through things that make you side-eye things like this. I'm so glad you're here. I'm Amy Fritz, and you're listening to the Untangled Faith Podcast, a podcast for anyone who has found themselves confused or disillusioned in their faith journey. If you want to hold on to your faith while untangling it from all that is not good or true, this is the place for you. Welcome, Nathan Fritz. Well, hello, and thanks for having me. It's been a long time since you've been on the podcast. The people have spoken. They were clamoring (laughs) for my attendance. Well, I, I, they would have been. First of all, neither one of us are coming to this conversation as theologians who have deeply studied the theological basis for church membership. Would you say that's correct? That's true. It's been more one of those things where like some of the churches that we've attended have had membership. Others, yeah. actually, have they all? No, they have not all had membership. Here's where I tried to reminisce with Nathan about our different church experiences when it came to membership requirements. And much to my dismay and his, Nathan couldn't really remember much. But lucky for you and for me, that's not the most important part of this conversation. But just to give you some background on our family, Nathan and I both grew up attending the C and MA denomination, which had an official membership process. We also later attended an evangelical free church for a short time before we moved to Tennessee. And neither one of us can remember if they had a former membership process. I'm sure someone will reach out after listening to this to set us straight. Mm-hmm. Then we moved to Tennessee and went to a new kind of church that we'd never gone to before, never heard of before. Yeah, started going to the nom- nomination, which was a totally new thing for us. It was like a welcome to the church, and this is how the church works lunch, yeah. With a little whiteboard explaining all mm-hmm. the way all the denominations happened and how ours happened, how our non-denomination happened. <laughs> exactly. Where it fits into church history, yeah. But there was no, there was no membership. We went to another Christian church after we left there. They also didn't have membership. So I don't know yeah. if all Christian churches are like this. But I do remember that we went to a first steps class or something. That's right. Yeah, because it was like four sessions. I do remember very specifically that the person that led that like connections thing basically said to us, you know, once you and this is a letter we got that said these words, once you attend the church a certain number of times, they just claim you. Mm hmm. That's sort of the context is we haven't had to think about membership for a long time until we've like now at a, at a church that we've been attending for a couple of years now. Mm-hmm. And this church does membership. Yes. In um, 
20, let's say 2021, we started attending a new church, which has a very structured membership situation. And so I I guess I want to talk about that with you because we've been attending there for two years, Mm -hmm. a little more than two years. And we are not members. We are not. Talk to me about that. (laughs) (sighs) I think I have struggled not so much from the past church experience as much as I have struggled from the past work experience where work tried to make itself feel very Mm church-like. And so like the whole Ramsey experience left me having worked at this place that wasn't a church, but it had that, it not pride, but well, pride into your personal life and into your, mm. um, uh, what you believed and, and, and how you acted in terms of morality and stuff like that. It, it seemed very much like it wanted to have a, a level of authority in that area that, that in retrospect has now made me very uncomfortable with that in other contexts, including church now. So I think the the thing that has made me the most uncomfortable with it at uh, at this church is not any of the what do you believe. The thing that I struggle with is the um, the final thing that you have to say in the church vows, which is that you'll be under the authority of the church. And I think there's just so much baggage coming from having worked at a place where I thought. I trusted these people to be upstanding and moral and they let me down in a really big way. Now it's not the same thing because they weren't a church, right? They weren't claiming to be a church, but I think I had this, like had come to believe that these people were godly people and, Mm -hmm. and was in some way, like I was in some way putting myself under their authority, I guess, to a certain degree. Yeah. Uh, in, in the things and we, that like, I'd agreed willingly to. Did it. And, like yeah. jumping in there was like, oh, it's going to be great. It's fine. That's interesting that that has colored your um, understanding. Of course it does. I don't know why that would surprise me. But like, I feel like we've had weird, awkward church situations too. <laughs> we also have had awkward church situations have... where, where the churches let us down. No, they weren't churches that had had membership so it wasn't that we'd had to agree to membership we've definitely had some situations where it's like would i have been comfortable being under authority i think this background is helpful for those who wonder what's the big deal just sign the paper say the words etc etc you think about these things differently depending on your experience and nathan and i aren't outliers Let me introduce you to a couple of my friends who are also working through their own thoughts on this. Well, I'm Amanda Turnbull, and I actually, I didn't really grow up um, in a church that was super connected. It was more something like, that's what you did on a Sunday. And we really didn't really even go every Sunday um, until I came to the the church that Melissa and I ended up going to together. And I was a teenager. I had started dating my husband and his family was going there. And I'm Melissa Ann. And I have a little bit more diversity in my church upbringing. I did grow up Lutheran also. Um, And when I was in the army, you either cleaned or you went to church on Sunday morning. So 
you were fine with whatever church service was going on. <laughs> I had my eyes open to a few other denominations. <laughs> because yeah, if you could go to church from, you know, 3 a.m. to noon, you weren't cleaning. That's okay. So I had my eyes open to like different teachings and stuff at that time. Not long ago, you had sort of an implosion at the church you attended to. And I'm not sure exactly the timing for both of you, but just a quick note here to mention that Melissa Ann and Amanda share their own story in detail on their own podcast. And I will link to that in the show notes. Um, but you're no longer at the church where you guys met each other. Correct. Which means probably something went badly. So that informs sort of what you do next, as it does with many of my listeners who have had an experience where Maybe it's the first, maybe they had one bad experience and they're not sure about what to think going forward. Both of you have like your own experience with being in churches again. What do you do when they invite you to the membership class <laughs> <laughs> or the whatever they call it? Not every church does membership, but like how have you navigated like membership? We have two totally different experiences in that. Um, I'll let Amanda speak to hers, but like, and it wasn't just the most recent church experience that left her feeling hesitant. Melissa Ann also had a confusing experience with the church she attended growing up. And when I was an adult and I moved away, because that's what you do, they sent me a letter and they said I was no longer a member of the church. I was like 20-something. Her mom explained it away as a formality. But the next time Melissa Ann visited her home church, her mom told her she wasn't allowed to take communion there because she was no longer a member. The next big church experience for Melissa Ann in her adult life happened in the church where she met Amanda. And she had some residual questions because of her experience with her church growing up and losing her membership. So then when I was at this new church and they're like, sign this in the first class. And I was like, I can't, I have to talk about this. Well, mind you, I'm getting ready to marry the pastor's son at this church so I go to him and I'm like, they want me to sign this and I don't want to sign it. And he's like, why? And I'm like, because I have this traumatic experience. And he goes, that's just a traumatic experience. Like if you want to go to the church, we're going to get married. We're going to be great. You got to sign this. We're, you're going to be a church member. We're getting married. This is my dad's church. Melissa Ann ended up checking the boxes to become a member, even though she had reservations. But not long after that, the church was hoping to hire a new worship leader. And that woman had her own concerns about church membership. She laid out her reasons, and the church leadership decided she had some good points, so they changed their entire approach to membership. And so at that point, the church decided that we no longer would have a membership, and if you wanted to be a part of the family, you were a part of the family, and they changed all the wording yes. on the document so that it was no longer this like membership covenant. As time went on, that was fine, but... We eventually got to a point where there was division amongst the pastors and the senior pastor was very concerned that he was going to get voted out. And one of the only ways that you could get voted out was you had to be a voting member. So then he started looking at who had actually signed the paper the year before because okay. then those people could vote. And he became very concerned that he was going to to lose a vote if it came down to just those people. And so I was on staff at this church and I was instructed by the senior pastor. I was given a list of people to call 
and to ask to sign the membership. Um, <laughs> I couldn't tell them. What, what if he didn't think they were on his side? Do we uh, he he made them? the list of people that I was going to call. Oh, he decided. <laughs> he decided who was worthy of signing. So, like, I I fed our pretty much half the church body a line of pucky and just kind of like, yeah, this, we just need you to sign this and they would be super great. And I'll send it over to you electronically. You can sign that. And I mean, we had it available um, at like the welcome desk in the lobby that if those people on that list came, if they through, walked in, you could find them. We could. Yeah. Oh, Hey, I'm so sorry. I'm sure you got my voicemail. I sure you got my emails. We just need you to sign this real quick. It's no big deal. Later, Amanda and Melissa Ann's time at this church ended terribly. Can you see how it would make sense that people like Amanda and Melissa Ann would have questions about membership when the subject came up at a new church? It sure makes sense to me. I had not attended a church for a very long time after, like, I would not even step foot in one. That was even Mm -hmm. traumatic. It took a very long time to even step foot in a church. Going to their like step one class, whatever that is. And lots of churches have, and they call them all different things. Hey, this is what we're about. This is who we are. Come and find out this informational class. When I did end up in that one class, I went and they gave me a handbook and I was like, okay, this all sounds good. But I did know going in that I was not signing any documents. (laughs) Fortunately, they gave the information I took the book and then I proceeded to like go through each of the sections and really be like, well, do I believe this? Do I not? Is this okay? Is this not okay? Because the last church I was at, I went to one service and I was in. I mean, I was like, <laughs> sign here, sign here, sign here. Here's my life. So then I I ended up leaving the church in 2021 and my my family, we felt very strongly that Um, It was important for us to find a new church. Mm -hmm. We went there and, you know, we had, we even went for a few months and they were very much like non-pressure. They were just like, Hey, if you want to learn more about what we are about, come to this. They called it a meeting. It wasn't even a class, like come to this meeting. Uh, We'd love to sit down with you and have lunch with you and basically just answer any questions. And so we went and we were the only only ones at that meeting we're came the only to, ones. Oh my. to that one. And it actually worked out so great because like it was me and my husband and our three kids and the senior pastor. And we sat down and we had lunch together. It was very much like just, well, you know, if you, if you want to attend here, we just want to give you the opportunity to ask any questions you so might do have. they have an official membership or is this just telling you about the church? It was just telling That's us interesting. about the church. I don't remember which episode, I apologize, but you were talking to somebody and he had said that it takes somebody like two to three years of going to a church to really start to feel like connected and you want to be there. But it also takes two to three years of getting to know the church's history and all the stories and the community to realize that there's also something wrong with the church if it is toxic. And that like blew my mind. I was like, well, man, we're like, we're at a very slight disadvantage. It's hard to to like reckon with the idea that it takes a while um, to really know what's up somewhere. And, and, and I think that can be hard on a church on church leaders to be like, Oh, come on, people. We're not your old church. We're your new church. We're not them. We're fine. And so 
you've left come as you are church now in coming into a new place and trying to figure out what your relationship would be like with a place is a whole thing. And what happens if I don't do the thing to become officially a part of the the family? There's a there's a model and there's a way that you know to go in and a way that you know to participate. And for me, like I started going to a women's Bible study and I was totally comfortable with the women's Bible study. That was kind of like my get my toes wet going to a church again. Yeah. So I participated in this Bible study. I love it. And it's great. So then I was like, well, I'll check out the church that the Bible studies at. At our church we're at now. And we went to that meeting. I sat down and I was like, I asked those questions. How do you know who tithes? Do you know? Because come as you are was so toxic. At one point I was sat down and I had a family's giving records thrown at me. A bunch of papers thrown at me. I was like, can you explain to me why this family's not tithing? And it wasn't me and my husband. I went in so sassy into that meeting that I asked all these questions rapid fire. Like, what is your expectation when you want people to serve? You know, the pastor did say, like, I don't have access to the giving record. Like, that is something that, you know, they have it, like, set up, like, double blind to where he doesn't know. um, And he would have to actually go through, like, a couple different people to be able to find that out. And, you know, but I asked those questions. I was like, so you don't have access. See, so does you're that tracking mean- with me because yeah. I've heard wordsmithing too many times to be like, okay, I'm going to ask this a different way now. Because if yeah. you define this differently than me, I don't want it to be true story. I had an experience with a pastor whom I asked a question about NDAs and the use of them in his current church, his past church. And he very clearly told me that he did not use them. But upon further pressing, I found out that he did use them, only he called them something else. So this is not a hypothetical situation where sometimes leaders will very specifically use different terms to get around certain questions. I wish this did not happen. It did happen to me in a pretty high profile way (laughs) online with a mega church pastor, which is a whole wild experience. Dude, I rolled in so hot. I asked all these questions so pointedly that he finally was like, what kind of crazy train did you guys just What happened to you? What in the (laughs) What happened to you, Amanda? I'm going to ask both of you, like, do you miss, do you feel like you miss out on anything? Or do you feel like you miss the community or the belonging of being the people that showed up for everything all the time? And volunteered for everything all the time. And no, I'm that person who like those people at my church. I'm like, you know, you can say no, right? Like just so (laughs) you can say no. It's very empowering. Two letters. So empowering. I feel like, I feel like this for me has been like the struggle. Mm -hmm. I go to the ladies Bible study. I was um, attending the Bible study. And then I walked in for like the next session semester of the Bible study. And they were short on table leaders. And so the women's pastor had asked if I would be a table leader. And I was like, yeah, sure. Absolutely. Like just off. And that's who I am. Yeah. I'm helping out. So the first week I said, yes, I'd help. I sat down and I helped. And I just thinking for that moment. So then I walk up to her afterwards and she's like, can you do it for the whole thing? Because that's going to be a whole table. We have so many women coming. 
And I'm like, sure. And then she looked at me and she's like, have you taken the, no, yeah, you have, you're good. And she walks away. And I was like, she just checkboxed me. So I did actually have the boxes checked to lead the table, but it really offset me a little bit. Cause yeah. I was like, mm, I came from a church that I did everything and somebody would go in and continually take my name off of the checkboxes. I have my fellowship group and I'm okay with that. But it has been a struggle to know if that's okay that I do that. Like to not do church the way that we have it modeled and the way that we do church, is that okay? What's the, and, and so the difference between, am I just being a consumer? Right. Of like trying to just pick and choose what I like. And the line between that and no, like I'm trying to be wise in how I decide how to engage because of what I've seen. Well, and let me ask you this. You just use church terminology. You're a consumer. People who do that, is that a negative thing? Because to me, you just said that. And I'm like, ooh, I was taught to view people who are doing what I'm doing as a consumer. And that's wrong. I have to buy into a business. Right. The, the narrative is that is be a consumer. Yeah. But what are you supposed to do when... You don't want to like wholeheartedly throw yourself into a place that you aren't sure about. Isn't that just being honest about like where you are? Are you going to do something you don't feel is honest or true just because you don't want someone to call you a consumer? I'm in this place now where I'm like, oh, I feel good about, I like my church. And I think, should I become a member? Because the point, the part, there's a part of me that's like, Maybe they'll, I want to be loved. I want to be fully accepted. I want them to fully like adopt me as theirs. And that can never happen unless I do this thing that I don't know that I can honestly say these words and mean them. This is the perfect time to drop back in on my conversation with Nathan about our current wrestling with the idea of membership. And they have a very, very specific laid out like book of church order. But if you want to be a member of the church, you don't have to agree with everything in the book of church order. Yeah. Which was interesting to me. You only really have to agree to these four statements. Um, I think what what's interesting to me and what kind of draws me to it is the focus on the church as a community of believers and not this this drive towards individuality and how mm-hmm. like i feel like some of the other churches this isn't bad like, but but i feel like a lot of the other churches have a focus on like here's how your personal walk can be better and here's how you can and 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 a lot of it is like that that push towards you as an individual can do all these things it feels like the uh pca has much more of a focus on um, the community and the church having a role in all of that. And I like that. I mean, I, I have really in, appreciated that, that, that sense that like you, you can't do this by yourself. It's not a matter of you having the willpower to do this. It's like, um, you do have a personal relationship, but also you're part of this larger group of believers that are there to help support you and help to, um, to hold you accountable and stuff like that. And at the same time, the idea of being under church discipline still makes me antsy. And I think it's because of the yeah. other stuff that had happened. 
in most cases, people that are standing up and like agreeing to this, maybe they know these people that they would be under discipline, but I don't know them. You mean beyond our, our local church? Right. Like in, in our church or beyond. Like, I mean, the way that the PCA is set up, I could be under discipline of people I didn't know, too. <laughs> um, and it makes me uncomfortable. I feel like when I say that, it sounds like I'm, like, planning to do something bad. <laughs> I'm not. I've just seen these things weaponized. It's not me saying, I think this church is going to do that or this session. I just know that these man-made institutions are fallible and I don't want to say something I don't believe. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where I am at with the membership thing. The last time they received new members, which is a very churchy statement <laughs> to receive new members. I remember I was sitting in the front row because I was getting ready to read scripture. But I was sitting in the front row while they were having the new members stand up there. And I just thought, oh, I should become a member. I should figure out when the next time is they're going to do this and sign up Mm -hmm. to be a member. Knowing me, why do you think I would think that? Pop quiz. Because you want to be one of those people that is being accepted into the into membership you want to be one of those people that's up there because you want to belong and you want to be a part of it yeah is that right Do you miss that do you ever feel that i feel more of a sense of responsibility that at some point it feels like it is the right thing to do mm. and that i have been pushing back against that because of my own baggage and that I should work through that so that I can honestly say those four statements. And I think the longer I am with this church, the more I am looking at it and saying, yes, there is the structure for the denomination. I mean, in a sense there, if that is done right, that seems like a really healthy thing to say. There is this, this, process that can extend past the leadership of a single church and there's a way to be able to escalate past them if if there's a problem but again we've seen too many examples of it not being used right but it does like nag at the back of your head you're like well this sort of like institutionalized process mixing almost like a bureaucratic process and my faith like putting those two things together feels dangerous having worked at a place that had all these like bureaucratic processes. Yeah, I wanted, I was sitting there thinking, I want to be a full family member. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like I am in the family totally. I feel like I'm a relative. <laughs> um, I'm a cousin, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm not really in the family. And it makes me sad. Yeah. Um, and I want our church leaders to be proud of me 
and to mm-hmm. be happy with me, which feels kind of silly. But reasons. none of my reasons that I was thinking that I should be a member were about believing that I could honestly say the membership vows. And just the fourth one, right? Like the rest of it. Well, I mean, yeah, let me read the first one to you. Yeah. Do you acknowledge yourselves to be sinners in the sight of God, justly deser- deserving his displeasure and without hope, save in his sovereign mercy? I don't remember exactly how they say it in our church. Maybe they mm-hmm. say it like that. But it's like, it feels such an, like such an incomplete statement about who I am. I have a sinful nature, but I've also created in God's image, like, that I am so justly deserving of his displeasure. It's such a weird thing to put in the in the vows. And I guess I, it is this, the fourth one, that do you submit yourselves to the government and discipline of the church and promise to study its purity and peace? I don't know if they use the word study still. Yeah, it's something the, else. It's like um, strive for or... Something like that. Try yeah. to try to Having develop its period. The government and discipline be a part of the membership vows. Is it's just it makes me nervous. And the like it's purity and peace. I don't know what that means to the people that I would be held that would put me under church discipline. Yeah, and I think that's I think there's so much negative examples that we've seen but those i mean a lot of the negative examples are from places that would or that have taken advantage of of something like this and then leadership was completely disregarding that and doing their own thing and being being bad and like the 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 sad stories that have, have come up on on the podcast yeah it's interesting to me that you think that you should become a member. You feel like you should. It's the I, right thing to do. Yeah, yeah. I feel like... As if you're not doing the right thing right now. Yeah, that my that my reluctance is mm-hmm. something wrong. But also, I don't feel pressured at all. Like, right. I feel welcome to feel like, like I'm a part of things by being part of the the men's group but at the same time the fact that that every quarter we do welcome members it's like well there's this other thing that i am resisting and i'm not doing this is fascinating to me because we have not had the conversation where you've told me that you felt like we should become members or that you should i i'm just saying i have that sense of like that it is a thing that you should do if you are a regular attendee why should? Um, Why? It's a good question. Would you tell know. other people that they should if they're going to regularly? No, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Okay, so yeah. why should you? I don't know. Probably a sense of completeness that is like I haven't actually fully committed to being a part of this church because I haven't actually done that. That I'm like somehow keeping like one foot still on the dock and the other foot in the boat or whatever. But. Hmm. Um, but I don't think that's true. I don't like actively think about this. It's only yeah, in the conversation now. I don't think it's, true. I don't think it's true either. It. I don't see you being like, "Well, maybe we're here, maybe we're not." That's not like we're there. This is our church. Yeah, this is yeah, this is our church. I really enjoy this church. I really enjoy the people. 
And it's not like I'm I'm thinking about this other than when you and I are having a conversation about church membership or which is now on the, the only days, time yeah, this ever yeah, has this happened. is the only time it comes up or when I'm sitting there and they're like welcoming new members and I'm like, "Oh, I should probably do this." But I think you and I are having that same thought for very very different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah. Because I don't feel like I'm not a part of the family because I'm not a member. I just feel like oh, this this other T to cross and I to dot that that I haven't done to actually be completely and fully here from the from the eyes of the organization, not from my perspective. But yeah. It's like okay, yeah, there's this other thing that they would probably kind of want me to do, and I'm I'm resisting doing that. And there's certain updates that go out we don't get because we're not members. I didn't realize that. Yeah. How much of the information we're not getting is shepherding information and how much of it is organizational information i don't know i just i don't know how somebody can make this just these very serious <laughs> vows without knowing things like you don't get to know things until you promise to put your life in their hands i wish there was an alternate set of vows <laughs> <laughs> is there another uh, is there another way of doing it do you have like a phased approach where I can be that a semi-member? I a- want to be a member. I, I mean, I want to say I'm part of this. But I don't want to say something I don't believe. Or yeah. that I might define differently than somebody else. It's not irrevocable, though. It feels like it. It's not surprising to me. It that I sense. think. That I think. You will assume the best of the, the bosses. The people in charge are all, are probably right. And if you don't do what they're asking you're probably not doing the right thing yeah that's my personality right there in a nutshell yeah, <laughs> yeah. and why isn't that my personality i used to be i think i think you have felt and remembered the burn more painfully than i have yeah but i still have like reluctance because of it i just yeah um i still have that tendency towards trust that may not be perfectly healthy just because it's easier. Like it's a downhill. Yeah. It's easier for me to, to, to just believe that people are. I don't think it's trust. I right think thing. it's not. Think, I think it's easier for you just not to think about it and just do the thing that's asked. That could you. be too. I don't yeah. think that it's, you're like, I just totally trust people. I think it's that you just. Don't no, think. that's true. Like I have yeah. a much more cynical outlook. Thinking but about it at all. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. Would you become a member if I wasn't? No. Even if you felt like you should be. Well, I don't feel like I need to. <laughs> and I, and at the same time, I feel like there's this like, it's the responsible thing to do, you know, but. Oh, wow. Interesting. Um, but I don't, because of the other stuff, like I, I don't want to. And the not wanting to is still currently winning out. I just want to take it lightly. I think that's what it is. I think that might be part of it too, is that sense of. Exactly what you're saying before. Technically, a membership vow to this campus is a membership vow to the entire church, and we don't know the rest of the church. It's complicated. But having gone to this the mothership campus a couple times, it feels very different. And I don't think I would attend that church, which makes it really weird that I am attending that church just <laughs> at a different campus. Because it's like the same church, but this yeah. church is not the same as that church. Yeah. Or this community is not the same as that community, even though this church is the same church. It's just, it's very bizarre. And so I think that is a big factor of whether or not I would take, like, agree to the membership vow. Well, hmm. this has been helpful. I don't know, kind of 
getting down to the fact that it's like a sense of like responsibility, but not necessarily like a like it's not a guilt thing. I don't feel guilty about not being a member. I just feel like it's a thing that I'm putting off and I should do, you know, Okay. which is different from I'm doing something wrong by not doing it. I don't know how to how to make that difference, you know. Yeah, I think it's do. it's in the same category as like, I really should be getting 30 minutes of exercise four times a week. And it's <laughs> the right thing to do. And I should do it. I just don't feel guilty. I don't think about it. Like, <laughs> I'm not thinking about it right now. Like the 30 minutes of exercise and the flossing that and I should be doing. Next time you think about it is when somebody becomes a member of the church. And you'll be kind like, of like when oh. you go to the dentist and they ask you how you've been flossing. What and is you the Enneagram? number for the person that doesn't think about anything until it's like right in front of their face and then they think about it and then they don't think about it again because that i think is your enneagram number that's not a nine i I think that might just be just sort of an unhealthy aspect of just being me maybe or distractibility being me i don't know (laughs) here's why i think it's hilariously funny you actually don't think about it meanwhile i'm thinking about it and feeling sad about it but thinking Mm, I can't do it. I shouldn't do it because I don't know for hmm. sure. And you're and like hardly thinking about you. it. You're hardly thinking about it all. But when it hits your mind, you're like, yeah, I should probably do it. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I'm like thinking about it a lot. It's weighing on me. And I'm thinking I shouldn't do it. Mm, I want to. I wish I could. I'm so sorry. But I can't do it. I'm sorry. I wish I could. I wish I could. Yeah. Wrapping up this episode with laughter and then my own somber reflection feels a little jarring to me, but it so very much illustrates the dissonance of being in this unresolved state. As I finished editing this and listening to Melissa Ann and Amanda and Nathan, I'm reminded of how there are so many different lived experiences represented in our churches. We all come with different assumptions and baggage for better or worse. But let me tell you something I'm coming to believe more and more. Being in community with people who think differently and decide differently and maybe don't even all believe exactly the same things it's really good for us and i hope that wherever you find yourself on this issue you know that you are welcome here thanks so much for listening to this conversation the untangled faith podcast is hosted and edited by me amy fritz this podcast is made possible by the support of my patreon community if you are interested in supporting the podcast and checking out the bonus goodies offered to my supporters check out patreon.com untangled faith a special thanks to producers michelle pianic phil and susan purdue pam forsyth and shelly taylor thanks so much for listening i'll see you next week <laughs>